Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. I'm Sean Cheong and this is Money FM 89.3. So as we look at how we are set to close the first week of February and also considering the price action following the latest three of earnings releases so far, it seems pretty similar to January last year. So for example, NVIDIA is popping to the upside as long as the sun rises in the morning. And while it is doing that, it is also doing the heavy lifting on the S&P in terms of performance along with the rest of the Magnificent 7. The small caps are down, the Russell is in the red by about 2%. And elsewhere... China is still trying to salvage their floundering stock market, but it does not seem to find light at the end of the tunnel. So given the similarities to early 2023, is this a story that is repeating itself or is this just seasonality? On the line with me from Australia is Shane Oliver, the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital to weigh in on this. Good morning, Sean. Hope you're well. I hope you're well too. So can we reasonably assume that this symmetry we are seeing in the markets is Groundhog Day where we can simply read from 2023 performance and action and copy that and thereby find alpha? Or are there any differences this time? Well, like there's a bit of that in there. You, you, we, we also need to bear in mind that 2023 turned out to be a bad year. Uh, sorry, a good year, despite those concerns about a lack of um, breadth and worries about China and so on. But I think one of the, the things that uh, is supported this time around is that inflation is on the way down. And even though the bounce in US shares or the rebound in US shares, or it's now almost bull market, it is a bull market, uh, has, has been narrowly based, particularly around tech stocks uh, and AI in particular, um, the broader picture does seem supportive of the market. So my, my take on it would be that we've had a good run up in markets. Yes, there is a risk that we could go through a short-term correction or a consolidation. February, March are often softer months after strength in December and January, but the broader picture looks okay. And critical to that is whether we avoid recession. I think we probably will, or if we do have a recession, it'll be a pretty mild one. But the, the bigger picture of likely falls in interest rates this year, I think has to be seen as very positive. And just on China, um, I mean, it's had three terrible years in a row now of um, very poor returns. It is a share market that is well and truly undervalued. It's got a forward PE of less than 10 times. It's underloved. Nobody seems to like the Chinese share market. And it's technically oversold. So I think at the very least here, we should expect some sort of decent bounce out of the Chinese market, if not the end of its long-term bear market that it's been in. But by the same token, there, there remains a lot of uncertainty about economic policy coming out of China, which I guess may hamper it to some degree. So we'll take this conversation to the S&P 5000 watch because we're just a few points off 5000. Looking at a bit of history and going back to 1990, the average performance of the S&P 500 following a concentration of stocks the year before shows that the average performance the year following that for the same stocks is a positive 14.3%. So that's well and good to know. History is on our side for 2024. But what is a bit concerning this time is that it's narrow and that we've never really had this level of concentration all in the same space. It's quite historically unprecedented. This is, of course, on AI-related technology. And AI is great, by the way, but it seems that we have gotten to a point where valuations and stock prices just go to the moon. So does this price action matter? What do you make of it? Look, I think ultimately valuations and price action will matter, but trying to time that is something that's very difficult. And I guess, yeah, what we, we do get concerned when we see a concentration of performance in a 
a few stocks, call them the Magnificent Seven or the Magnificent Five, that, that is a bit concerning. But it's been a concern now for many years on and off, and yet those stocks continue to deliver. And I guess a difference between now and, say, the tech boom in the late 90s, early 2000s, is that the, the, many of these companies or all of these companies are generating good profits. So that uh, is another positive here. And the other aspect, I guess, is the technology keeps evolving such that we, we sort of go from one thing to another. Obviously, in the pandemic, many of the tech stocks were benefiting from the added use of technology associated with working from home uh, and the safety concerns and so on. And then everyone thought, well, that's the end of that. We'll go back to, uh, to non-tech stocks. And then, of course, uh, along came artificial intelligence and that one is still playing out. So it's... It's something that ultimately I think valuations will revert to some sort of mean or long-term mean. So you've got to be a bit cautious there. But trying to time that, I think, is going to be very, very difficult. So can these names keep doing what they're doing? Because what's going to lead us to believe that these companies can keep up the momentum and justify the growth in their multiple as well as justify their stock prices? Well, that's a difficult one. Obviously, uh, that's something that stock analysts do uh, regularly and trying to work that out. Um, I, I don't consider myself a stock picker. I'm probably more a macro investor, focusing on the big picture. And yes, yeah, there are question marks there, but I'm conscious that over the years, the stocks in the tech space have changed to some degree. Some have stayed there for a long time. Microsoft seems to have been there forever, since the 80s. Um, but uh, uh, others have fallen by the wayside. And I think you have to assume the same thing will happen here. So I think the best approach is to take a well-diversified approach um, and you also need to bear in mind that whilst AI, artificial intelligence, holds out a lot of promise uh, and we will make use of it, just as we have with the other technological developments over the last 30 or 40 years, it's not necessarily the, the, the first companies that get all the benefit as competition in that space heats up. It could be other uh, parts of the market that get some of the benefit. And on that front, if, you know, a way to play artificial intelligence is not just by those who make the software for it, but also those companies that will benefit from it. And that ultimately could see the gains broaden out to include the service sector companies, which will probably benefit most from a potential productivity boost flowing from the application of artificial intelligence. And I think the recent week has shown a change of sentiment on the Fed and rate cuts. Based on the latest reaction to the commentary, the market quivered at best. And then it continues to move up towards 5,000. So could this suggest that the rally is well-supported and stocks are just going to keep going up? Is there anything, anything that can really bring this down? <laughs> well, what's your take on this? Well, well, years ago when Teflon was invented, uh, <laughs> we used to say that you know, someone's got Teflon on them or it's like Teflon market. You know, whatever you throw, off, throw at it, just, it just washes off and <laughs> it keeps going. And it, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Because it does. Only a little while ago, the market was talking about first cut in March in the US, first rate cut in March, and six or more rate cuts this year. And now that's all been moderated because of the pushback by central banks. But the market's gone on to record highs anyway. And, and I think it's because of the, the change in the mix. If it looked like the, the, the Fed was going to not cut as much because inflation was higher, that would have been a bad sign. But it looks more like the Fed's maybe not going to cut as much or not cut as early as the market initially hoped because the economic data has been stronger and the market kind of likes that. It, it's sort of that old Goldilocks type thing um, that the investors like the idea of solid growth or reasonable growth but low inflation and that's what they're celebrating at the moment. So yes, the market is still looking for rate cuts um, but they're seen as good cuts 
i.e. cuts that will occur in the context of solid growth but falling inflation. Uh, and, and that's probably why the market is celebrating here. The other factor I think that has helped is the US earnings season has proved to be quite solid. Uh, like on my count, 79% of companies that reported so far, two-thirds of companies in the S&P have reported so far, 79% of those have surprised on the upside, which is a little bit above the long-term average. And earnings uh, profit growth, which was expected to be 4%, say four weeks ago is now looks like it's going to come in around eight percent or possibly even higher so you've got this uh strength in the earnings uh results that have come through as well which has also helped uh share markets so going forward then how then should we approach what is quite a narrow market at the moment well right here right now i'd be a little bit cautious about putting more money into the market if you're thinking of getting in you know you might think well maybe wait a couple of weeks i think there's a higher risk of a pullback uh, as we go through the seasonally weaker months, the markets are a bit stretched te- technically. So that that argues the caution. But by the same token, I would lose. I would use any pullback as an opportunity to allocate more into shares, because as I said earlier, if if we avoid a recession, I think we probably will. If we don't, it'll be a very mild one. Then any pullbacks, I think, will ultimately be positive because we seem to be moving into a world of um, eventually lower interest rates, which ultimately will support share markets. So. That, that's the way I would play it. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be an out-and-out sceptic of tech stocks. I think you've still got to have them in there. But yeah, I, I would be a little bit reluctant to sort of pile in now. If you're already in there, then you stay in there. But if you're not in there, you can probably look to average in or, or wait for a bit of a pullback. Thank you very much for that uh, insights, Shane. We've been speaking with Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist at AMP Capital. This has been The Bigger Picture of Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.